been here, uh, moved up here 16 years ago uh, from Vancouver and, and uh, growing up I always wanted to catch my own cougar with my own dog, you know. Didn't know anybody that did it. Didn't have a clue how it was done. What put that idea it. in your head in the first place? You know what? I have no idea. I never even watched uh, Red Fern Grows. <laughs> I have no idea. I just thought it'd be cool to catch a cougar, you know? And uh, so I was moving my family up here um, to Tatlioka Lake. And one thing I did know um, was that the, the world record cougar was shot here. Is that uh, right? Yeah, Boone and Crockett number one cat was shot back in 78, 79. Still, still is the, the largest one skull measurement to this to this day. Wow. So, um, so I knew, I knew that and I knew the guy that did it lived up here. Um, didn't get to know him that well prior to moving here, but, um, yeah, so I didn't have a clue. I just knew, I thought I needed a hound. Looked on Craigslist, found somebody that was getting rid of a, a hound that lived in a townhouse. Okay. <laughs> Literally. Really? Uh, never been hunted it was about a year and a half old they thought they were getting a beagle turned out it was a walker <laughs> and it was driving them crazy they would crate it up all day take it for a walk when they got home from work the thing oh, was you know, it, it was it was rough life for for a hound you know that's a rough life yeah. for a dog yeah any dog yeah so so anyways i ended up here um not a clue didn't have a clue about tracking equipment uh, i just had this dog and i knew it liked to chase everything I mean, okay. it didn't matter. Coyotes <laughs> moves here, you know, it didn't matter. It wanted to chase everything. So I spent about a year breaking it off, chasing everything. Gotcha. And, and no sooner did I get it to, to the point where it would want to chase cougars. Um, first cougar it was on, it was on with two more pups that were six months old at the time. Mm-hmm. And we actually followed the cat until it was, the track was hot and I dumped the dogs, let the dogs go. And, and um, anyhow, she got killed oh man um ambushed her, that's, killed her. That, that's heartbreaking yeah tore, tore the other one the pups up dragged the pup off by her neck and, and uh, she survived but never hunted again yeah so anyhow that was my start so you, you think that's i, I guess it's uh oh, rough can... beginning that's a rough that's a rough beginning man yeah and up uh i guess it yeah what do they say separates the men from the boys kind of figured out yeah so i had i had started figured out whether you wanted to do it yeah yeah i started hunting with the fellow that lived here that does have the boone crockett number one cat yeah. and uh, and he never really hunted hounds the way i expected them to you know he would follow the he'd follow the tracks mm-hmm. with the dogs on a leash until they jumped the cat and then he would turn the dogs loose and uh okay. surprising enough you know he was actually trapping when he killed that boone crockett number one cat he uh snowshoed out to check some traps came back to tom had walked in his track so he sicked his border collie lab cross on it wow and treated it and killed it and that's so he uh that's very behind the <laughs> that, that, that's uh that's actually a little heartbreaking i had this sort of <laughs> I, I would have loved it if it was this like epic story of hound and man but you know no. No, was, <laughs> yeah pretty interesting anyways the uh yeah, so I hunted with him, and I just didn't really like the way. I mean, you put a lot of footwork in just to get to a point where you could turn your dogs loose, right? I mean, they, no point mm. in having a hound. Go get a border collie that likes to chase cats, and you'll catch just as many, right? And sure. You walk them out, and uh, so, anyways, uh, he 
I ended up branching off just on my own, doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, got another, got a black and tan from uh, was one of Brent Sinclair's uh, stock out of Alberta. Mm -hmm. And he was partially trained. He'd been on a few cats and I'd bought a pup. I just had them starting to catch cats and the wolves killed the young one, you know, oh, man. And, and, tore, and tore up my black and tan. So, you know, so far I wasn't looking so good as a houndsman, right? I mean, they owned three and one had been tore up and two were killed. And so anyways, I ended up finding uh, a pup for sale um, who surprisingly come from a houndsman in Southern BC who never really, um, I mean, he hunted, he just wasn't overly successful. And, and I think he probably, you know, he sold this dog as, you know, being much better trained and, or, or much better blood bloodlines than he let on mm. that he actually knew about. Cause he was only catching one or two cats a year. He's catching nothing. It turns out, but yeah. Anyway, I got this dog and he ended up being, uh, she ended up being, uh, maybe the best female I've ever had. And really? she was the grandmother, grandmother and, or mother to everything I got in my kennel pretty much right now. Oh, that's and, really interesting. Uh, yeah, really interesting. I mean, you know, he come from, you know, a line of dogs, just a bunch of grade walkers. Yep. And uh, I'd never really had a lot of experience. Uh, well, his, that litter wouldn't have had much except for, except for Zoe. I mean, she ended up being killed by a bear. The only dog I've ever had killed by a bear, but she I think that's actually a name that I, that I know of your, oh. of your dogs. Oh, yeah. That would have yeah, been. Yeah, I'm sure. Bond's mother, maybe. Yes, absolutely. Bond's mother. Yep. You bet. That's yep. right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've got uh, uh, I've got Bond's um, grandson here. He's my yeah, my right. buzz my buzz dog is uh, is Bond's grandson, and he's a uh, he's he's a good dog. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know I got her and um, and anyways it was interesting. I guess prior to getting her, I'd actually had this border collie lab. German Shepherd cross that was just hang around the house and go riding with my my wife and kids. Yep. On horse, you know, follow the horses and chase the bears. And she was so savage on predators. It, I mean, it was really she'd get on a bear and she'd get dragged up the tree holding onto its rear end. You know, you'd <laughs> see her, she'd be halfway up the tree, still hanging on the bear. And she would she would catch her own cougars. Like if she ran into one on the trail, she'd run it down and really and, uh, wow. I thought, you know, maybe I, I didn't have any hounds left. So I crossed my black and tan from Brent Sinclair or to her. Okay. And I could, I, I started dabbling in lynx thinking, you know, these lynx are tough to catch. I can never catch them with these cougar hounds, you know, mm. never get them treed. Okay. And I, I said, but they're scent, you know, and there's lots of them around. I said, there's no reason why they can't catch them. They, maybe they just need more brains. So, so I made that cross and I ended up with my cookie cookie and burger i gave there was five in the litter i gave three away just to friends or whatever and um hunted cookie and burger uh with rudy that black and tan mm. yeah. they caught their 20th bear on their own when they were a year a year wow. old that day caught their 20th bear wow and uh anyways they're, they were good there's they're starting to catch their own lengths the first season um not all of them they just catch some once in a while but i'd never caught them before and Realize that black and tan, you'd be slick treed somewhere where a lynx had gone up a tree and climbed to another tree and then jumped out and went down, down the dog tracks and he'd still be at that tree and those two would be half a mile away, you know, wow. on that lynx. On the lynx, so yeah, the, right. So they had the brains to do it. Um, anyhow, the second season I hunted them 
about a 50, 60 pound female lion killed burger. Yeah. And, um, and then I guess what ended up happening was, uh, the mother, I was going to make another cross and the mother died just a freak accident around the house, um, which was Buffy. Hmm. And so I couldn't, I couldn't make that cross anymore. Right. I didn't, I thought if I threw that black and tan in on his, on her, on his daughter, it'd be a little bit houndier than what I was looking for. So I started looking for a cur style dog mm-hmm. after some research and got uh treadster who was a purebred leopard hound out of um, Nick Riley stuff in um, Montana. Okay. And he was a real throwback. He was a great big ball mouth, you know, 80 pound male. Yeah. I mean, pump, real, pumpkin head. I've seen pictures of him. He's a great, great yeah, looking. Yeah. Good looking dog. Yeah. Uh, friendlier and heck i mean and he got her he got her done um he was always able to i mean he did everything i mean he, he could catch links i mean he wasn't the fastest on the jump but um when they got him jump but he, he could get her done locate like you wouldn't believe mm. and he was the only one uh there was two in that litter that turned out big like that and one didn't work out and, and he really worked out he's probably caught i just had to put him down here recently um uh he caught home and I think he had a stroke and he was paralyzed. Okay. Uh, so anyways, I ended up putting him down here just a couple months ago and, and uh sad day because he was a, you know, family favorite, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And the clients, you know, favorite of all my clients. He was such a big, loud, ball move hound and sure. so friendly at three. And anyways, he, he had actually, I crossed him originally to, to Zoe mm. and, uh, and got a really nice kind of, mostly high tan looking dogs out of him um and i trained him for a year and i kept the two best sold mm-hmm. off the other three and and that's pudding and tippy who i still run daily mm-hmm. um you know now and but i thought you know they're just a little bigger than i was looking for okay you know so I, that's where i got um oscar and um i got jack both were both were sent up to me to try out Okay. Um, that particular line of dogs. One came out of Oregon. Jack came out of Oregon, and and uh, from Mark Armstrong and uh, Oscar came out of Jeff Everly, out of Northern California. <clears throat> okay. And so then I I made a cross, and anyhow, that's he ended up with Bon. That's and and so what I ended up with is Zoe, um, had a cross, and I ended up with Bon's litter. And they turned out to be really good dogs. And I mean, I still have Spider, I guess, is the only one I have left in that litter. I've, I've sold the rest off, but he has, you know, he's, he's actually fathered a couple other litters for me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, uh, as far as cats go, they are really cat oriented dogs. That's cool. But that, that, as you know, I mean, they seem to, they'll chase you know, whatever you put them on, I guess, you know, realistically, it I seems like it. Talk, but apparently, apparently you do. So, yeah, I do. I do. A, um, that's kind of what got me into the whole hound thing was the Fox, the Fox issue. And I grew up in, uh, I grew up in Maine in the United States. Um, and sort of in the middle of a rabies epidemic there. So got, you know, chased off the playground at school several times and things like that. And the, uh, came, you know, moved here to Norway and moved to an area with, uh, to me, what felt like an uncomfortable number of foxes. There were foxes everywhere here. Um, 
and they started to get sick, not rabies. Uh, I live in, I live over in Scandinavia and Norway now. And, and, um, it wasn't rabies, but it was, um, mange and it was driving them insane. So they were doing sort of some of the same yeah. stuff that you would see with a rabid Fox, you know, coming out during the day and coming way too close to people. And the, um, what made me decide to get hounds was, um, when one chased my old Labrador into the house and, <laughs> nope. um, the Fox was right on his heels. I just happened to have come in from hunting birds and, um, heard him scream, turned around. He went past me. The Fox tried to pass me as well. I shot it on the front steps on the way into the house with a, with a bunch no of birds shot. <laughs> wow. And, that's a, that's a... So, um, oh. I got a, got a Walker, uh, who has been the, uh, yeah, started my love affair with hounds, despite being the bane of my existence, more or less out in the, out in the field. If she gets the opportunity, if I want her to run Fox, she'll run something else. If I want her to run something else, she'll run Fox. Kind of one of those types of deals. <laughs> and then I uh, wanted to get a pup and ended up, um, connecting with, um, somebody who had Bond's son. And they bred Bond's son to a, um, a purebred Russian hound. Oh yeah. And that's, that gave me this, this buzz dog, big, uh, big, tall, colored like a Russian hound, but a big pumpkin head and big ball mm -hmm. mouth and just a great, uh, he's still young. He's only, he's only, he's turning two here pretty soon, but, um, you know, was denned his first Fox at six months, I guess. And, um, you know, that was basically when he was moving fast enough to get it to go to a den. And now he's, uh, yeah, he's on his, I've lost count at this point. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a much, much better dog than I am a trainer. Oh yeah. For yeah. Sure. I know you get dogs like that. Sometimes those smart ones, uh, train you more than you train them. So absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because not knowing anything about raising hounds or how they should behave. I just kind of expected my dogs to behave, my hounds to behave just like my you know, my stock dogs mm -hmm. and, and, and they can, I mean, any hound trained properly can be, can, you know, be respectful and be, you know, obedient trained, no different than a border collie or a lab or whatever. Sure. And, Was that something you, you know, did because of your clients I kind of had them had put a little bit of emphasis on the good, the good citizen aspect of, uh, the hounds? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we, um, I mean, I kind of ran into guiding accidentally. I didn't move here to guide. Okay. As you know, I mean, I didn't like come up here with my first hound, right? Mm. A couple, I lived here for a couple of years and, and started catching a few cougar here and there. And the outfitter, who I initially, uh, who lived across the street, who I ended up buying his area off of, um, didn't have hounds and would book a few cougar hunts. So I'd take them out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being a pretty remote place that there wasn't really a way to make a living in the winter. So I, so I started uh, doing a bit of advertising and booking my own hunts under his, for his, under his outfit, uh, but using my own name. Sure. And that worked out pretty well. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, everybody got to realize there's some big cats around, big cougar around. And um, so it wasn't too hard to book a few hunts. And so I kind of got into it accidentally. And I, and it's big country. Like if I, you know, I'm looking out my window right now, there's not a road from here to the coast. Right. So that's whatever, 50 miles. Okay. You know, and it's, uh, 
So I started getting to the point, you know, where I thought, geez, you know, if I can teach these dogs to come back when I want them to, mm -hmm. um, that would be handy. Right. Cause it's depending on where that track goes. And, and, um, anyways, it might save some leg work, might save some time. Sure. So I started teaching them to come back to the tone on their Tritronics collar. Okay. Yeah. So oh, I initially cool. started it. And of course, you know, that they had the two, the two mile range, which is really more like a one mile range. Right. Um, but as long as you could get within about a mile of them, I could just tone them and they'd come back. And it took me a while, especially the black and tan. He was a cement head, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I always said to get him trained, everybody else learned in the first week or two, and it probably took two years and enough power to, to, uh, power a small town to get him. So he'd come back, but eventually he learned to come back. But, you know, I started him later, right? And it's funny now I've been through so many litters of pups by the time, you know, by the time the first, well, even the first tree, you know, I tell them, okay, let's go to the truck. Right. Mm. And I just beep collar and they just follow me out. Don't have to leash them. Don't have to do anything. That's great. And you know, it's so easy now that you've established that behavior in the older dogs. They just, so the young pups just do whatever the older ones do and you don't have to put any time in at all. Sure. Sure. Uh, training the pups. I mean, it just, Right now, I got a couple of young dogs that I'm, I'm working with, and it's it's no different. I mean, I say let's go to the truck. I mean, you don't even have to tone them. They're like, oh, okay, time to go to the truck, right? And you walk away from the cat or bear or whatever it is. And don't get me wrong, you got to watch them because there's always the odd dog that wants to go back, and especially if the animal comes out, right? Right. You right. Right. Around that, but you know, I mean, hounds are. Uh, I think I I become the hounds when I am because I didn't know anything about them. Right. I just. I expected them to be as smart as a, a lab or anything else. And maybe it took a little bit more work, but it was all attainable. Sure. Yeah. That's really you know, interesting. If because I you had, with hounds, you had, yeah. With, you know, if I had grown up with hounds and a mentor or a family that, that hunted hounds and it was, everything was old school. Yeah. I probably would have done it just, just the same as everybody else, but not yeah. having anybody to rely on, you know, I had to come up with my own, my own theories on how this should work. Right. I mean, there's something, there's something to be said, honestly, for going into something without any preconceived notions of how it should be. You know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's worked for me. Um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, the thing is I like the dogs, right? I mean, they're all family pets and, and, you know, I have at one point I'd have 16 hunting dogs that I'd hunt plus a litter of pups on the ground. Right. You know, and my wife run, was running a English as a second language summer camp. So we had international students from all over the world here all summer. Oh, cool. And they, so all the, I could let out all the dogs at one time, play with all the kids, That's tell them great. to go back to the kennels. They'd all go back to their kennels. And That's a great. lot of interaction with people, right? Right. Makes it so of, much easier. Yeah. Oh, but there's a lot of people that don't believe that hounds should be handled right by other people or played yeah. with or, yeah yeah you know and i don't i get a lot of clients i get quite a few guys each year coming up from um the states to to run links with their dogs mm. and and some you know and just even some of my clients will say hey can i can i touch your dogs can i pat them and i said yeah of course you mm. know you know it doesn't doesn't matter to me they said well you know i've been hunting here hunting there and first thing we're told is don't touch my dogs yeah they're working dogs 
And I don't think, I think in a way, um, when the dogs have a relationship like that with you, they actually work harder for you. Mm-hmm. you know, and, you, and you can tell, I mean, they're really excited that you get to the tree, right? I mean, that's, that's about as good as catching the animal is to see you oh. at the tree and they want to make sure that, you know, come and get petted and right. Yeah. And that they've done what you wanted. And I think that's part of the relationship building with your dogs. You know, I'm not saying it's any better or any worse, but it sure works for us in our situation. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> and the clients enjoy it. Right. I mean, I remember one time I was, I had this one client and I just stopped the truck. We'd been driving around looking for a cougar track for a while. And I dumped the box to let them go and take a pee. And I opened up the dog box and the dogs come wailing out of there and the client dove on top of two dogs and he had them both by the back legs and he's yelling, I got them. I got them. <laughs> he's get the other ones. And, and I said, man, you gotta let go of my dogs. Like, what are you doing? I said, they're just going out for a pee. He says, man, we had a dog escape in Utah. He said, we spent three days hunting for that dog. And he says, he said, no sooner did we get him back and we lost another dog. He said, direct my whole cougar hunting trip. Oh man. And I said, no, no. I said, you know, I said, just watch, you know, and I just said, okay, guys load up and they all just run, load back up. And he's like, that's incredible. I said, well, I mean, every dog can be trained that way. Just how much you put into it. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. You know, I, I, uh, I found that out pretty early on, you know, I, I used to, uh, the place where I got my start running sled dogs, they had these big, big dogs. They were sort of throwbacks to, um, there was a, there was a research station down on Antarctica. It was a joint British and you know, um, American research station down in Antarctica that used dogs, um, to travel and do, do some of their expeditions. Wow. And the dogs were down there for like 90 years. And then somebody decided that, uh, there was some danger that the seals would get distemper. Um, and I don't know whether there was any validity in that, but anyway, they got sent back. The dogs got shipped off and the dogs I started with were those dogs, you know, kids and grandkids. They were big and unruly and they fought all the time and they were, I mean, they were great dogs, but they were just, they were hard to handle. Yeah. And after a little while, I just, you know, was getting beaten up and bitten and, you know, fingers pulled out of joint. And it's just like, if there's not a better way to do this, I'm not sure I want to do this. And, uh, yeah, found out the same, exactly what you're talking about that, you know, it's kind of a rising tide lifts all boats. Once you get that one starting to listen to you, the rest of them kind of follow, follow after. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I remember the, I remember exactly where I was. I could probably show you the tree I was at when I decided that I, <laughs> I would never lead another dog off a tree. That black and tan sent, sent me ass over tea kettle down this hill, trying to get him off this tree. And it was steep. And I, and this little drainage I'd caught, I don't know, probably over the years, 20, 30 lions. And it. it's pretty small, little Canyon, you know, mm. but it's steep on the sides. And he sent me on a, just a mission down that hill upside down <laughs> back to the tree. And I, and I just swore that day. I said, cause my other two dogs, they were, that was burger and cookie. I mean, I just say, okay, come on, let's go to the truck. And I mean, they just follow, but he wouldn't, I'd have to drag him off there. And he knocked me down, dragged me down the hill. And I said, I'll never lead you off another tree. I'm Ever. done with this. I am so I'm going to tie it. you up if you're shooting it, but I am so done with that, uh, you know. And uh, so he, he did see what the business side of a e-caller does, yep. you know. Eventually he learned. But ever since then, I mean, I have never had a problem. I'll walk into a tree, you know, a tree, a lion, a female or something, and we're not going to kill it, and I won't have any leashes with me. And 
and the clients would say, what are you doing, man? You need leashes. How are you going to get your dogs back to the truck? Right. Well, you just tell them to go to the truck. You know, they'll lead us to the truck. And, you know, these will be some, some of these guys are houndsmen and, and they're just like, you are out of your mind. And then we'll do it. And they say, man, I can't even tell my buddies about this because they're going to call me a liar. Right. <laughs> I said, well, you... they did their job. They're happy, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, what's better? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They see a few animals hit the ground and, and um, you know, you, you, not every animal needs to hit the ground, right? Right. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Absolutely. Do you hunt? I mean, do you use your dogs for all of all of the things that you hunt? You you do brown bear, you do black bear, lynx, um, and mountain lion. Do you hunt anything else with the dogs? No, no, that's it. I mean, it's uh, occasionally um, occasionally they'll put a fisher up. Sure. You know, because I mean they'll strike it and like you know they'll strike a fisher just if there's a fisher on the side of the road, just like they struck a hot bear track, right? Yep. 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 I mean, in the snow, you can tell, but uh, in the bear season, you can't. And occasionally you walk in and there's a fisher up a tree. And, right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, as I don't, it's not like they're trashing on deer or moose or anything else. So, right. so, I mean, I, I just tell them that they're bad dogs and let's go to the truck and they'll yep. hang their heads and sneak back to the truck. Right. Yeah. They you know, are. they're really not supposed to, but they can't, it's like, they can't, can't resist it. They can't resist it. Yeah. Buzz, that's the only off game Buzz will ever run. Um, you know he did a he ran a roe deer once when he was about five months old and i caught him almost instantly so he wasn't even fully committed to it when i when i caught him yeah and it wasn't even a big thing it was just like hey hey hey, hey. and he was like yeah. oh okay this is not cool but the one thing he will run uh, occasionally is is pine martin yeah there's a bunch of them here and sometimes it's just a little too hard to resist yeah, no, and that's just the same here. We don't have a lot of, we have some pine martin, but never chased any of them, but uh, definitely fisher, you know, we'll cut fresh fisher tracks two or three times a day. Right. I'll look at tracks and, you know, and a lot of times you'll be, if we got tough conditions, especially for lynx and I got to free cast the dogs and hike and sure. and do whatever to get my clients their lynx. Um, occasionally you'll run into a fisher. In fact, heck, one day we ran a, a grizzly bear, a fisher and a wolverine all in the same day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, hard to believe. That's crazy. I knew that. I knew that it, yeah, the grizzly had come out the road in front of us, and I could see it on the hard packed snow that it was one ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, "Well, we're going to keep keep going because we're going. We're in a pretty good links area." But I said, "I guarantee you, them young dogs are going to want to go on this bear, but it'll be good training for them." So, so of course, I think we come over the hill and bump right into the bear. I never did see it, but and them young dogs took off on it and. So I sent them pack and they came back in short order and the older dogs knew better, right? Cause they are, we lost our grizzly bear season, couldn't hunt them anymore. Okay. So I had to train my dogs not to strike them and not to chase oh, them. Okay. Gotcha. When did that happen? Well, that was 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. So recently. Yeah. 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 In the fall of 2017, we lost our, our ability to hunt grizzly in BC. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. So, and we have a lot of, we have a lot of them here, so hmm. we can't, uh, you don't want to be wasting time chasing them all day. Sure. When, when you have clients, right? And, right. Uh, and it's not, it's not a great place to run them anyways, because there's so few roads, you know, guys that are, that are very successful on them have a lot of roads, yeah. a lot of access, you can head them off and then, hmm. you know, get them when they're crossing the roads or, you know, bait up in a log and block or. Right. 
you know, here there's the biggest bores, they just tend, and there's some big bores, right? There's some nine footers around this area. We're quite close to the coast. Wow. And, um, you know, they'll just head for the high country. Yeah. You know, it's roadless. You're never going to get a hold, a hold of them. You're never going to get them to stop. You're never going to get a shot at them. Right. Um, so it's not, this particular area is not that great to do that in any way. So it's not something I wanted my dogs to excel at. Right. Occasionally, occasionally you would get a guy that wanted a bear with dogs and I'd say, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's, it's not like other parts of BC where it just rode it all up. Sure. You know, but then again, I mean, you, they could be on a beta bear walking up some mountain. I could just beep them on their collars and they turn around and come back to the truck. So, wow. That's fantastic. That's, that's the benefit. That's the benefit of training them that way. Right. Right. I know some, I say, well, they're probably not gamey dogs. And I said, you know what? I don't need to catch a hundred percent of black bears. You know, 85% is enough. Hmm. You know, I want some dog brains and they're nice to handle and sure. You know, you know, there's dogs out there in that kennel that, you know, well, I mean, spider bonds, brothers probably been on. Oh man. I don't even know. 200, 250 links. Is that right? Yeah. Is he, I mean, is he, does he specialize in links? Like, is that his, is that the thing he, no, no, he loves the most no. or. No, they just, my dogs, I mean, normally I catch about 40 a winter. Okay. So, so it doesn't take long to get up to those numbers. Um, sure. But uh, no, they're just, they're just really excel at links. I mean, they'll run Cougar. He's really good on bear as well. He's, he's really gritty on bears. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's, I don't know. He's probably my most well-rounded dog. I mean, he's just good at everything, you know? Gotcha. Do you, do you have some dogs that are kind of specialized or? or are a little bit a little bit higher quality on sort of one yeah. animal versus another one yeah you know like um i guess it'd be uh zoe's grandchildren were the females never turned into really good bear dogs okay average at best hmm. um but uh for the most part they really excel at at links and cougar Right. I mean, they really, they, they really do well. I mean, they're really, especially the ones that I bred uh, when I bred Oscar to her, they're smaller, right? The females will top out at 40 pounds. Is that right? You know, uh, a lot of them are even in their, you know, low thirties and the males are between, you know, 40 and 45 pounds. Is that right? Uh, very that was something fast. I was a little curious about was, um, you know, here, uh, you know, here in Norway, it's, it's cold. We get a bunch of snow. People talk about, you know, wanting these, uh, wanting these kind of bigger slab sided, long legged dogs. And that's, that's, and I, I kind of get that, but on the other hand, you know, at least with the Huskies, those were the ones you kind of needed to watch for frostbite and things like that. Whereas those kind of compact brick shit house type dogs, they didn't need to be real big, but if they were built kind of compact, they just stayed warmer. Are you, I mean, it gets cold where you are. Hey, and you know, the, they're it able can to get hang. cold. We don't, um, there are definitely some that come some pups that come out that are thinner skin than others that really don't like the cold weather, but, um, it doesn't seem to matter when they, when they hit a track, they go and, you know, I mean, I've hunted in some pretty cold weather before when I've had clients, I mean, too cold to the point where I'm packing in wool blankets for them to get their feet off the ground, you know? Yeah. Right. And right. Right. You hike into a tree and you put a wool blanket down for them to 
get get off the snow and they just ignore it right i mean they just right. they just keep on tree in and doing their thing and yeah it's definitely you know i did have one i had this one little female who I had no idea, you know, that she would even chase a moose. I mean, she'd been on lots of cats at this point. She's probably a year old. She's probably been on, you know, 20 cats at that point. And she was actually leading the, this this chase on, on a lynx, and she was up ahead. And next thing I know, I see her heading off in a different direction, and my older dogs, and I said, boy, that ain't good, you know. Like, I wonder what she's up to. And um, I could hear her coming. I hadn't even checked my my Garmin or anything, and I – I heard her coming. I thought, that's weird. That's bizarre. So I go back and I look and I'm like, oh, that's funny. I don't even see her on the screen. But there's definitely a dog coming up here. And I was pretty sure it was her. And the others had gone down into the valley. And, and I said, I'm going to walk down the road and see what's going on. So I walk down the road and I see this moose track, big bull moose. And I see a track. Well, I don't have her on my, my screen. Well, it turns out I didn't turn her collar on that day. Okay. For <laughs> I just, just missed it, right? Of yeah. all the dogs. Well, she showed up at a neighbor's three days later, and it was probably 30 below every night mm. or more. And she, she's a really slight little dog. And in three days, she lost a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we looked for her everywhere, and it was deep snow country in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a road for another five, six miles. And Right. I figured I figured finally the moose got her in the deep snow and squished her or something, you know, because it was, sure. it was yeah. kind of deep, deep powdery snow. but. Um, Anyhow, she survived, but she did, uh, you know, it was three days of cold weather. And well, anyway, she was, that was bizarre. I mean, you get dogs that just don't chase off game like that. And then the one time they do, you don't have the collar on to right. even enforce. Them oh, isn't that typical? It's, oh, it's un- yeah, it's just hounding. That's the way it works. It seems it, like it is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those, uh, if it, if it can happen, it's going to happen at the worst possible time. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's, it's a different, uh, it's nice. It's nice now though. You know, I mean, when you get these younger dogs, they just, they fall into line. They practice, you know, with the old dogs, you don't have to train them. You don't have to do anything. It just, uh, when you've ran the same type of program for so long, it's, it's just nice to have. Right. Um, yeah. Right. But what about just a pleasure to be around. right. What can you describe, uh, describe your dogs a, l- a little bit more. I mean, the, the, I think I've got the size down. Um, but are you, what are you looking for in terms of, yeah, leg length, build, that kind of thing? I mean, um, you-, you know, it's funny. I, I, I kind of tried two different, two different type or size of dogs, um, hmm. you know, uh, thinking that the, maybe the smaller ones are better. We have a lot of blown down trees in this country, like a pile. And we had a big beetle problem. So a lot of the pine trees are tipping over. Okay. And definitely the small dogs, compact dogs, um, you know, very athletic, um, do better in that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you get deep powdery snow, the bigger dogs probably, you know, they, they do... They don't have the stamina, but they, they can get through that deep snow a little bit faster, you know, but yeah. what I find when you, you get into the deeper snow, um, because my dogs don't straddle a track, you know, especially once they heat it up, they got their head up in the air mm-hmm. and they're just checking They're you know, you follow a track in, um, 
it could be cougar lynx whatever and you follow a track in i mean you'll have you'll have dog tracks you know within 20 feet on either side of that track really yeah yeah and they and they run it hard right yeah and um and a lot of times they they've learned the smaller dogs um some dogs never seem to learn it but a lot of them will just kind of stick to the tree wells where it's compact snow sure and they and they'll they'll fan out and they'll run it that way and it's um it's just a learned trait i think so the the smaller dogs you know for an example we had reared in this one canyon and i call it hell's canyon it's just nasty it's it's not that it's that steep but it's you know head deep and blow down big spruce trees i mean just nasty and i was with the houndsman out of um actually one out of wisconsin and one out of idaho both mm -hmm. had their dogs up wanted to catch some lynx and um anyways we we got down in there and and their dogs didn't really want to start this fresh track so i i put down oscar who's just a little gaffer you know and mm. and he was his first year hunting and he took it out to about i don't know about half a mile and came back and i said well he, he just needs an older dog with him he was just a pup you know and so i put jack down and he went off and and they got this cat going eventually we dumped these other dogs in from from the states and it was deep snow and, and they said well i wonder who's in the lead and i said well it'd be oscar and they said no oscar's not even knee high there's no way he's in the lead right <laughs> we just happened to see one we had this one little open spot looking down the hill and we can see this we can hear the hounds just coming full bore we see the cat cross and there's oscar right but he's jumping from log to log like just like really? a cat would wow yeah and, and he, he got to the open in there and he just sprung mm -hmm. as far as he could and a couple hops and then he was back into the trees again right and you know the bigger the dog got the farther behind they were right yeah sure and, i mean nobody believed me that he was going to go in front of everybody <laughs> and uh so then i that's when i started using him kind of to start the the litters getting that smaller dogs but what I, you know, what I found is all those females just didn't do that well on bears. Okay. Some of them did, but for the most part, there's nothing you couldn't make your living on bears with, with those particular, with the females, the males were good. Sure. The males, you know, they seemed to have a little bit more grit, which yep. is funny because I mean, Zoe was as gritty as ever. I mean, you know, just uh, the amount of stitches in that dog, but by the time she died, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I'll bet you know the story that I could tell. You know, trying to save her from a cougar. You know, you'd get into a bait up cougar on the ground, and, and she would think that she's got to save your life, and she'd go for the throat of that cat every time. Oh man! Oh yeah, that's uh, a, that, that's so a recipe for a good relationship with your veterinarian. <laughs> uh, wow, well, we're three hours, and there's vet. So I was the vet, right? For the most part, right? yeah, yeah. You were but, stitching them up yourself, yeah. Yeah, she was. She was something else. Eh? She, everything would be great. You'd get there, it'd be bait up on the ground, and she would take one look and see that you're. She thought she you were too close to that cat, and she would go in for the kill. Right? Well, it uh, never worked out well for her. That doesn't work. Like that out. one cat, I remember. Yeah, that cat. One big tom had her four times that day. Wow. And uh, yeah, I don't know how she survived. Like I had no other clue because I mean, that's she did double puncture her skull. Oh yeah, she was ridiculous, and um, but she was just a little bit too gritty, and she would she would she would never do that. But when she thought maybe I was in danger, then she would go in for it, right? Sure, she'd go in and try to grab that cat by the throat to kill it. And I mean, you know, and that particular cat wasn't overly big; it was maybe 130 pounds, 140 pounds. Mm. And um, but still, I mean, normally when they get a hold of a dog, they just kill them. Sure. 
but uh, yeah, she had so many stars on her. I remember on a bear one time, I, I was going to, she went running by and I was going to call the dogs off. Um, cause one dog had come by and I saw that it had been bit. So I called it in and put it in the dog box and she come running by and she saw the truck and ran down and just jumped on thinking that, you know, I'm standing there. Maybe she won't, you know, we got to go home. Hmm. And I said, no, get going, you know, cause get going. So she jumped off the box and I saw her, she turned around and her whole side was hanging off. Oh man. <laughs> and I'm like, no, load up, you know, like, so wait, wait, that, wait, no, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you would never know it. You know, huge flap of skin hanging off her side. I'm like, oh my goodness, Zoe, you know, man. But, uh, you know, it would never, never bothered her. She was so tough and, and, uh, and so friendly. It was actually that the year she died was, um, we just talked about it and it's, it's kind of like the kiss of death, I think around here. As soon as I start talking about retiring a, a dog, it usually doesn't make it to retirement, right. you know? Yeah. It's just one of them. You know, she was probably eight going on nine. And I said, you know, this is her last spring season, their last bear season. Sure. She's not going to, I'm not going to have her on cougar anymore. Whenever I'm, I'm just going to get a litter or two out of her. And she just threw such good dogs. I mean, every dog she threw, you know, directly was, you know, exceptional. Right. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to breed her one more time and, and kind of solidify my bloodlines with her and mm. then just retire. Right. Yeah. Next week she was dead. So oh, that's heartbreaking. Nasty. Yeah. It's just uh, it's, it's, it's nasty. That's heartbreaking. When something like that happens and, you know, that's the only dog I've ever had uh, killed by a bear. You know, most of the time they just get a few holes in them there. Is that right? Nothing too serious, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, <laughs> I've, I've had to learn the hard way a few times, but, uh, yeah, it's funny coming from one hound that was raised in the city and didn't have a clue what it was doing to the kennel full I got right now where I've made my full-time living off of for the last, you know, dozen years. Right. Right. That's, that's an amazing journey, man. I mean, that's really, that's, that's, uh, yeah. Like I, yeah. like I kind of said, you know, kind of set your, your story is kind of one that you had to really want to do it to stay in it after the first couple of hounds, you know, getting, getting chewed up there and eaten and, you know, it, you, you had to want to do it to make it, uh, to get to where you are today. That that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was bizarre. I mean, what a, a goal in life was to catch one cougar with my own dog, you know, right? You know, now I've caught hundreds of cats and hundreds of bears. Right. And, and you've got uh, horses yeah. as well, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we have horses. Yeah, absolutely. Are you able to hunt with them? Or are the blowdowns? So are it's, the blowdowns so bad yeah. that it's just not possible? It's so bad. Yeah, yeah, you're better off on foot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. Um, in fact, most of my dogs, they don't like horses too much. They'll, they'll shy away from them. Okay. Gotcha. You know, they're not, I mean, they, they, they are around them because they, the cat, they'll go down and eat grass down by the kennel and that. But uh, for the most part, I've never intermingled both of them and they never tried hunting off them because it's just not worth your time. Right. You know, you make, make better ground on with your two feet, you know? Right. What, uh, how old are this? How old are these young dogs you've got? Uh, they're a year and a half right now. Okay. When do you start a young dog? Uh, I usually start between five and six months. 
Okay. Yeah. So normally I always try to, if I'm having a litter, I always try to have it in May or June, you know, typically. And then that gives me, I always start them on cats. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so normally by December, for sure, January, they're, they're running with the big dogs. As soon as they can physically keep up, yeah, they start running with the big dogs. Gotcha. And then, uh, you know, I have clients all winter, right? So, um, so they get plenty of opportunity. A lot of times by the time the cat season's um, over, they've already been on 20 plus cats each. That's amazing. You know, and they're at six, seven months old. And, and right. so by the time they're done bear season in the spring, they've normally been on at least, you know, in their first year, about 50, 50 catches, 50 trees. Sure. Between bear yeah. and cat. So it's, um, they get a pretty good head start. That's, uh, that sounds great. What do you do with them? sort of between weaning and that that age uh mostly just uh, kind of just walk with them yeah. you know walk with just, i just go walk and i walk around the property a lot i take them down to the stream and i got some funny videos on on facebook and i had these puppies trying to cross this little dinky stream you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a big deal for them um you know just to go cruising cruising along and Try to figure their way across two inches of water is a big deal for a you know five six week old pup. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's you know, and I take them up like through obstacles and steep hills, and and you know, figure they can figure out how to crawl through the logs and yeah, you know, and I, and I try to get them out every day or two and just go for even if it's just for a twenty minute half an hour walk, right? Yep. They learn yep. to come. Yeah. You know, they learn that you're the boss, and and um, if I'm busy during hunting season, then my wife takes them out walking a fair bit. Yep. That makes sense. I can't remember where I read it, but you, you had a comment on, um, I think it was Facebook somewhere where you, you made a comment that, uh, you need to use the time on them. If you want top notch dogs, they need to be out. They need to be out enough. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't think I got any screaming hell of dogs. I don't think they're any special breed or anything. They're just a, you know, big mixed up breed of leopard hound and, and sure. walkers and i don't think they got any better nose but i mean you look at them and you know i was talking to a fellow the other day and he was out lynx hunting and you know all winter you know he's yet to this day caught his caught a lynx you know really and i'm like wow. yeah you know and i he catches cougars all the time on the dry ground in the snow whatever huh. and i said yeah but you know your dogs you know if they were raised with my dogs they probably would learn the tricks right right you know, it's not that they're any better. Uh, maybe my dogs are more athletic. I don't know. I don't know his dogs, but um, for the most part, a lot of dogs learn from the way they're raised, right? If you got to grind out a, a cougar track in the desert, you know, probably my dogs want to work. Right. You know, they're maybe a little bit too hot nosed. I'm not too sure. I don't have to do that. Right. I just, I just know they work in my situation and my, you know. We can, you know, if I have to, I can put them up on the strike deck and they'll strike links. Yeah. You know, and that's all if we got no snow and I got clients, well, we, you know, to me, there's no excuse. You put the time into your dogs. Yeah. They can do, they can do that. They can, they can hunt dry ground links if they need to. Right. It's just sure. a matter of guys just don't put the time in on it. So they need a smoking hot track. And, and, um, I mean, I was the same way. I mean, when I first started dabbling in links, I had, you know, I had to run a really hot track, mm-hmm. but every year that track could get a little bit older, you know, 
Right. Now it's to the point where these bugs probably are running too old the tracks, you know. I mean, now they're, you know, they're trailing these things for miles and miles sometimes before they get the jump. Sure, sure. You know, where, you know, where 10 years ago, no, that cat was normally within 40 yards of the road. Right. You know, and right. So, but they learn each year and each year they get a little bit better. Yeah, but you know, I find that to be also such an individual thing, right? You know, it I hunt with a I hunt with people here and they will get up at 4 in the morning. And they are, they are just driving, just driving, 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 looking for fox tracks. And it's not that they're looking for any fox track because there's tracks everywhere, but they're looking for that, yeah. that fresh one, that real, that real fresh one. And like, and it's just a personal preference. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. But for me, right. I love just going out there, dropping the tailgate, and then we're, and, and then we're moving a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like, that's one thing I really appreciate about about this uh, about buzz is that because we've done that since he was a pup he will cold trail until it gets until it gets warm and that's something i really that 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 was something that was important to me it's like you know i would i would rather watch a, a hound work and spend a few hours watching him figure it out than spend those few hours in the truck like for me it was just it was like oh absolutely i can't agree with you more you know, if my dogs will get out on a track and, and, and look like they're going to move it, then that's, I just let them do it. Yep. You know? No, absolutely. If it takes them half a day before they jump at it, it is what it is. It's, it's interesting, you know, cause Bon, um, Bon's owner, Hans Esteson, he was, um, he's been over and hunted with me a few times, um, mm-hmm. lives in Norway and he's hunted, uh, uh, cougar and lynx and, and, and bears with me. And the year he picked up on and Lee from me, he came and hunted with me and those dogs, they were, they turned a year old. I think when they landed in, in Norway, it might've been the day they flew out, but anyhow, they turned a year and I think they were on 38 bears that spring before they left, you know, and he, uh, you know, probably people don't realize it, but they were, tired that week and in, in that that week we had 18 runs those those two pups were in on 14 of them wow and, and yeah and we had three bay ups um 11 trees and the last tree was um was the bear that hans killed we just caught sow after sow after young <laughs> boar i mean just steady we could not get it we they're striking them we can't find tracks in this country it's too too rocky right and uh so you know, we're just turning dogs loose on a strike and they caught so many bears that that week and and unbelievably we got on a, a huge huge boar a couple days earlier to the end of the hunt and just for the probably day five of the hunt day six of the hunt, we got onto a massive boar and we found his track um crossing a road once mm-hmm. the dogs are already on them and it was a genuine genuine ju- jumbo i mean he was you know seven inch wide front pad on him he was probably close to an eight foot bear wow a monster black bear and i had uh hans's uh father at jack and spider which is bond's uh, brother mm. and and who else? and zoe and then bond and lee and Bon and Lee were so tired from all the hunting because my dogs were all taking every second day off. Sure. Where we just ran the feet off these two little pups, right? And uh, 
anyhow, they're so tired, they're about half a mile behind. So we just picked them up and threw them in the box. Well, sure enough, it's probably a couple couple miles later, the dogs get that big, big boar tree. Mm-hmm. And Hans and I are just putting our backpacks on because it's about a mile and a half hike into the tree. And Zoe never made the tree and I knew she must've been hurt because I could see on my map, she was, she was kind of laid up down at a lake. Mm -hmm. So I figured the bear must've got a hold of her. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, we're going in there to kill this big boar. And, uh, I, we didn't get a hundred yards from the truck and I just happened to glance down on my tracker and I have Jack and spider just running in different directions full bore and I said holy smoke something bad's happened like the wolves or something yeah and so we got back to the tree and by that point Jack had hit hit the road and was running flat out down the road a couple miles ahead of us and spider was going across country in different direction and Zoe she's still down on that lake uh moving so she wasn't dead and I thought holy smoke so we I chased down Jack on the road and he had been bitten through his kind of the back and his hip and then I realized it was wolves, right? And he oh, was running yeah. full out, scared. I mean, I got him in the truck and he was just shaking like a leaf, terrified. And I told Hans, I said, you go, here's the other tracker, go and, go and get Spider. He's going to hit the road three, four miles behind us. Mm-hmm. I'll hike in and go get Zoe. And I figured I was going to have to carry her out a mile and a half, you know? Sure, yeah. So I didn't pack a, so I didn't pack a gun with me, uh, you know, which was kind of not very smart. Gotcha. <laughs> anyways i got to about three quarters of a mile and i'm looking down into this drainage i can see the lake where she should be at so i decided i'm just going to call her right and see if she'll come out yeah mile and a half is a long ways to pack a dog uphill yeah yeah yeah. and so i started calling her and i toned her a couple times and sure enough she comes straight across country towards me she got about a mile oh sorry a mile 100 yards from me eventually and all hell broke loose and she was she was going nuts and I didn't have a gun. I didn't know what was happening. I thought she ran into a cow and calf moose. Yeah. You know, maybe a cow that was calving or something because it was sure. that time of year. Sure, sure. And uh, so I just stayed back. I, I just called her and I stayed back. I didn't get involved. And, you know, a few 30 seconds later, here she comes. She comes, does a big circle, comes back to me. And, and if it wasn't a wolf started howling right there. Oh, man. And then, then the wolves started howling all over the valley, right? And I said, well, that's, well, there's four wolves howling. And I thought, you know what? I bet you, I bet you that was, uh, you know, the wolves got them. I mean, I, I kind of thought so, but I wasn't 100% sure until we actually heard the wolves howling there, what had happened. And, and she had been beaten up pretty good by the bear um, uh, prior to the wolves coming in. I think, you know, she, they probably would have got her. Yeah. Uh, but she wasn't actually, I think they just happened to run into each other. Right. You know, the one that was the one that was chasing Jack probably ran into her on the way back, but just happened to be right, right beside me. Um, which was kind of a bizarre deal. But I always thought, you know what, if if those pups would have stayed in the race, they probably wouldn't have made it. Right. Yeah. I I mean, how yeah, how about that? Eh? Probably would have had both of them killed that day. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, is that a is that a common occurrence there with the wolves taking dogs? I've only ever lost one. I've had one killed, and I've had some a few with some holes in them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, in this case, I think what saved them was I think that I had three dogs out there, and I don't, there was only four wolves. Yeah. 
I think they were in a, I think it's a kind of in a denning area. I think there's a den down by that lake. Sure. And, and so there wasn't a bunch of dogs. It was like, there was a wolf on each dog kind of deal. Right. And, um, I mean, obviously they got a hold of them. Cause I mean, I was on my walk back to the truck and I look at my tracker and I see that spider is coming to work. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I started calling them and it wasn't spider. It was Hans and he had spiders collar. And, uh, I said, I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I needed you to know that I was coming. Right. So I took his collar off spiders in the box and his guts are hanging out. Oh man. Yeah. So anyways, we went back to, uh, the, the, went back to the truck and yeah, sure enough, the, the, the wolf had bit him in the stomach and I guess for him running it, it started forcing his, his stomach out, his guts yeah, out. Sure. Um, little holes through the, through the bite hole. So anyways, we were able to, get him home and get him patched up and, and and that was you know he was young he was only a year old at that point but um, wow you know now he's been on geez i don't even know lots four to five hundred trees that's amazing you know but uh, yeah it's 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 interesting because you look back and you know bond's done so well you know i talk to hans fairly often i mean and he sends me videos of them things bond and lee cold trailing them fox over that big blowing big rocky ugly nasty country on the coast which yeah. is you know three quarters bare and the, oh yeah and them dogs trail and fox way up under them rocks yeah. you know it's a it's interesting they turned into pretty good dogs and i think from what i understand they you know like your dog there they've thrown some that bond has thrown some pretty good dogs you know breeding them i mean some of them have bred them to to you know fox hounds or yeah sure i mean he's been bred to a few different dogs now i think so but yeah definitely it's uh you look at what could have been that day it could have been just terrible you know yeah, literally, literally could have lost my three best dogs that day sure know, quite easily right right and then where then where are you at you know right after that when you, yeah how do you, you come know? back from that yeah there was uh I was listening to, to a podcast with somebody recently who um who was um had his truck struck by lightning wow and it killed every dog in his truck white wow. wiped him out 10 years of 10 years of work down the tubes and yeah. you know here here in norway we're only allowed to let one hound loose at a time yeah. we can't run a pack but we have wolves yeah. so there yeah. are there are areas in norway where i won't go because you end up in that position where and, and they've done some research because a lot of these wolves they've got a they've got collars on them and things like that um and they've done a little bit of research and have found that the wolves will actually, for the very most part, avoid the hounds. Yep. They'll hear the hound and they'll move away. But if they hear something smaller, some of the smaller, like the basset type dogs, beagles, that kind of things, even, even down to some of the uh, small Norwegian elk hounds, they'll actually go towards that. Towards really? that. It, it's like a, it's like a dinner bell for them. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've got the, uh, unfortunately, you're only allowed to let the one dog loose. So that dog is completely on its own. I mean, it's, it's so. Yeah. It's, I mean, in my experience, if they're, you know, if, even if you got, I mean, I know guys have lost four or five uh, hounds to wolves in, the, in one go. Right. Right. And in the most case, every dog is on its own. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those dogs can be spread out over a half mile or a mile and they're all dead. You know, Right. Well, I mean, I guess it's how they, how the wolves hunt eh, is they, they, you know, divide and conquer, you know, they separate them and yeah. 
No, that's exactly right. You know, just reading a little bit today on the Wisconsin wolf hunt that they had this week, and, and they were saying that 90% of the quota was killed by houndsmen. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I was yeah. reading that. I probably reading the same article. Yeah. That is probably pretty... 90%. You know, I'm sure the trappers got a few of them, but, um, you know, but for the most part, I mean, you can't, you'd never. I actually have a permit. I do some trapping for the Cattlemen's Association when we get problem wolves, and I, I got to do that this afternoon. Go do my traps, but okay. Um, my permit actually through the government allows me to use dogs on wolves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It legally couldn't do it in BC uh, mm-hmm. without that permit, but I mean, our country's so roadless that you never would, right? Right. You know, you you just wanted it'd be foolish to turn a dog loose wolf here. Um, it's so big, you know, somewhere packs, you know, the biggest pack I've seen is 19, you know? Yeah. And that's a bunch of killers there. Right. Yeah. And you don't know just cause there's one track or two tracks, and but you might be an hour's drive to the next road. Shoot that whole pack of 19 could be in there. You, you're going to turn loose on one, one track or two tracks. Right. So, you know, a recipe for disaster, losing Ab- the dogs. And, oh man. Absolutely. It, it's interesting. Cause after that one occasion where Hans, was with me on that uh, wolf attack um i made sure i had a breeding pair in the kennel at all times yeah i i had treadster you know um i, I had treadster i always make sure treadster spiders oscar and then or zoe or or uh Puddin, one of my other females mm-hmm. uh they're, they're always there right and um you know right now bond's brother spider and Puddin, uh that was my last litter I did, man. I tell you, whatever happens in the future, I got to make that cross again. I mean, holy moly, you won't believe that. That sounds. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. They're not overly great on bears um, that I've seen. They 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 did pretty good last spring, but they were six months old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as far as their trailing ability and the speed, I mean that, you know, Oreo, she is. A world beater i mean she's many times three four hundred yards ahead of my best dogs now catching really? links wow i mean and these i mean these are serious lynx dogs they, they've got more links than any dogs alive probably right it's, and, it, uh, it's not in front you know, of a bunch of her, pups here yeah it's, yeah it's unbelievable and she's she's just that i think that's the perfect size just a little bit bigger a little bit leggier not but quite sleek you know and just hmm she still will get the cat treat and a lot of times the older ones are rolling behind her and locate on it mm-hmm. so she hasn't find her locating yet um she she's not bad at it so there's a few times she's located first but mm-hmm. um occasionally I, I actually just did a hunt for a fella who uh, a television show um called non-typical nation southern bank in out of alberta mm-hmm. and, and that guy was uh that was pretty impressive um because he <laughs> She was literally half a mile ahead of my my best dogs at that cat tree in this big fir timber, you know, right? Big fir timber, you know, 70, 80 foot tall trees. And sure. And I said, I bet you she has them treed. And and then she went back to where the other dogs were coming. I said, No, I, I bet you that she had that cat tree and just couldn't not enough experience yet to locate on it in that big timber. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, that, you know, shortly thereafter the older dogs rolled in and and uh and located on it in the rate wow. and and uh yeah she's she's probably the most excited i've been about a dog since zoe that's really cool that's yeah, really cool and, and cool. is that the it was 
that's Oreo. Yeah, Oreo. Yeah, and yeah. Puddin is the is is that the offspring of Puddin yes. and Spider? And, and no, uh, Puddin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she. Yeah, Oreo is the daughter of Puddin and, and, and Spider. Okay, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, I can understand yeah. why you want to do that combination again. Yeah, because Zoe, Zoe was Spider's and Puddin's mother. Okay. So my idea was to make sure I had half of Zoe still in them because I mean she just been so she just threw such remarkable pups. It was I never seen such a such a high percentage of, of awesome dogs. Wow. You know, coming. I mean, just every dog seems to work, right? Especially on cats. You know, maybe like I said before, some of the females sometimes don't work that great on bears. They'll they'll hang in there, but they're not true bear dogs. You know, they'll hunt them because they like to hunt, but when going gets tough, they don't really want to hang in there too much. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, the, but, that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you can't make a bear dog. You're either born or not. And I always say you don't even know you have a bear dog until they've got 100 bears. Yeah, right. No word of a lie. I've had, I've had uh, um, Rosie, who is uh, Bond's sister, and she was probably on 200 bears. And I don't know what happened on that 200th bear. She doesn't, she does wants nothing to do with them now. Really? She never got a hole in her. She never got, I don't know what happened to her, but something happened to her on that hunt and she won't even go. I mean, I sold her to a outfitter who uses her on links and, and wants to run around bears. I said, dude, he won't, she won't run bears. Right. And he gets so frustrated. He says, ah, he said, I'm turning her loose. And you know, and she just comes back to drug. I said, I don't know what happened. She was on 200 bears. Wow. You know, and the one day something happened and, and I don't know if the bear got a hold of her, rolled her over a few times, but never hurt her. I mean, right. never put a hole in her and she won't run bears. And um, that's something, you know, that's why I say. So unless you treat a hundred bears, black bears or whatever, you don't know whether you got a bear dog or not. Cause I've seen right. the meanest bear dogs, you know, decide to quit after they've got you know, a few holes in them or yeah. got beaten up. Yeah, I guess it's like you know, what Mike Mike Tyson know. used to say: "You've always got a plan until you get hit in the mouth." And it's uh, that's right. There's something for that, eh? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, there's no doubt about that. And, and you know, a lot of guys will never have the opportunity to tree hundred bears. You know, no, I mean, just, absolutely that's, not. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, I mean, most dogs will most dogs will never reach that number anyway. I mean, no, really, that's realistically, so yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys don't realize it, and and I always have a rule, right? If I dump my dogs, if I dump my box, I don't have a, a another truck with a bunch of dogs in it, right? Right. They either win or they either win or lose that day. They get into a runner that wants to go twenty miles, and they run out of time. Well, the dog's lost, right? Right. That's I actually it. I appreciate some of those animals that just just give the dogs a thrashing uh not not literally but just like you know make yeah. them look like amateurs there's a there's there's one it's the funniest thing there's one fox here that i've talked about i've talked about him on the podcast before it is a long-legged fox big black legs bigger than any of the other ones i've seen he's got one foot that at one point was injured so it's a little bit you can i can immediately tell we're on him because he's got this one this one back foot that hits at a little bit of a different angle than the rest of them and i have had guys come specifically here to show me that that fox is not as good as they as i say he is and they that he dusts he dusts the dogs it's it's unbelievable the last time i had him moving uh with with buzz he went and ran 
and just launched himself off a cliff. I, I can't, uh, but then I found his tracks at the bottom. Like I went in the next day to see if I could find him dead. I was, I was sure he was dead. Absolutely sure he was dead. Found his tracks at the bottom, trailed him right back up to where we picked him up the day before. And I've, yeah, I've, we've picked him up, you know, we've seen his tracks five or six times since then. It's a, it's a, and I call him my, the best training tool I could possibly have. Cause he does things that, you know, my dogs have to really work to figure out. And it, I can see that every time, for every time we're on him, it gets easier and easier to den something else. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, it, it, they're a lot, they're smart, right? Fox are, are, are smart animals, very smart. And, mm. and lynx are smart. And that's where I, I think the Canadian lynx is really the, by far the smartest cat. I mean, not that I've chased a bunch of other cats, but other than cougars and what have you, but. And right. they'll get up if, if you've chased them and let them go a few times. They know them dogs are coming. They'll tree way ahead of the dog sometimes, and then they start going from tree to tree to tree. You know, I've had them go as far as 100 yards to the trees and then climb back out. Really? As the dogs run underneath them, they go to the they, they end up at the tree where they treed at, and then you find where the cats jump back down and just walked out the dog tracks. Oh man! And those are those aren't cats that you've treed before. But I mean, I've caught so many cats that I've let go, mm. especially locally here, like, you know, within say 10 miles of my house. I mean, they can hand it to your dogs. I mean, it's, I mean, they can really hand it to your dogs. I mean, it's almost, but I mean, those are the best runs, right? If you, if you end up on cats that have never been caught before, they don't know the hounds are coming until they're right on top of them and they go and run and jump up a tree, right? Right. Oh, it's, I'd it's read a, absolutely true. Yeah. I'd read an article in, uh, something that somebody had written in the big game hound forum about mm -hmm. coming up and running the dogs on links and and the guy got good dogs you know dry grounds for bobcats and and but he was in an area that never been hunted links before and he said oh geez he said we didn't have a lynx go more than you know half a mile at any given time right i said yeah but you're running you're running five minute old tracks right you know you had fresh snow every night he said it was weird. I had two. He said that he had two tracks he couldn't run. I said, yeah, those tracks may only been an hour old, you know. Right. I mean, but there's so little scent on them that your dogs didn't want to run them. Right. And, and you know, and I said that's just a fact. I said, but you get start getting into cats that are in thicker country. It was an open pine country. It makes a difference too. But and dog and that have been hounded before. Oh my goodness, it's almost an. I mean, we usually get them anyways, but I mean, it's, uh, it's an adventure. I mean, it's, uh, I've had eight, eight, 10 mile races and that cat never got more than half mile from the truck from where you dumped the dogs. Right. You know, right. Round and around and around and they use the dog track so much. Um, it's unbelievable. I've walked into those thickets at times and watched those links literally walk right by me. And those dogs are within 50 <laughs> yards of them. They've created so much scent in that one spot from around and around and up the tree and down the tree. And if you've hounded them, you know it. I mean, you know, in the first, you know, the second that they jump that, that heat that track up, whether you've kept chased that cat before. Right. It's, um, it's, it, it's a different critter. It is. It's, it's, know? uh, I, uh, I enjoy that aspect of it almost as much as I enjoy watching the dogs work. You know, I love watching the dogs work, but that, I, uh, boy, a, a really intelligent animal that hands it to me and my dogs. I just, you just got to tip your hat to that animal. It's just like, 
that was a that was hard fought and you you took it to us that's uh that's yeah, off to yeah. you absolutely yeah some of that country i don't i'm not sure where exactly the country you're running but i know where hans runs some of them foxes it's it's nasty yeah it's uh it's not Water, quite coastal here not uh not quite coastal but it's you know it's glacial glacial valleys super steep right big pines mm-hmm. everywhere a lot of blowdown kind of a lot of a lot of alder scrub and stuff like that um and a lot of available dens you know a lot of big boulder patches and things like that and and um you know with um we we had some much much longer runs you know the foxes will den if you put a lot of pressure on them they'll den pretty quick most of them and um you know we had some really nice long runs with buzz when he was a pup but um you know, he's, he's such a fast moving dog at this point that I've had, you know, I've had the last, the last nine times I've let him, I put him on the ground. He's denned eight of those times. And there was only one of those that lasted more than 20 minutes. Right. Um, because he's just, he's just yeah. going so hard. But once you get into some of these bigger, older, you know, uh, the alpha males in the area, they'll run and they'll run forever. And uh, the last mm-hmm. time I actually uh, I had one of these bigger, bigger, older foxes running, he ran down into a den and I could and fought with the other foxes, the smaller foxes that were in that den and ended up pushing yeah. them out. And then Buzz took off on that one. Uh, the, the younger oh. one that that uh, old one had kicked out of the den. So they're 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 sharp, man. It's, uh, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. We're not able to hunt bear here. And right. Uh, but we're able to hunt. Um, we're able to hunt lynx, the European lynx. But right. it's been. Uh, it was strange. We had a bunch of them here, or a, a bunch. You know, we we'd seen lynx um, during the summertime, some roe deer kills and some some tracks. Right. And then the season opened up first of February, and we we can't buy a lynx track. Hmm. You know, we are no looking. Kidding everywhere for them and we cannot in in my area where there traditionally is a a pretty solid you know quite a few of them we can't we can't get anything even even weeks old no that was the funny thing is we got uh we were we were really jazzed about it because this year we got a bunch of snow and then the temperature dropped to about 20 below oh yeah so we just had and then it didn't it didn't totally didn't blow nothing no more snow, no, didn't blow. So we could have, you know, we, we had a week and a half, two weeks almost of just perfect weather where if something had passed within the last week and a half, two weeks, we would have been able to see that that's wow. what it was and nothing. They just, they just dropped off the face of the earth. And the, what I'm thinking has happened is that the, uh, we got so much snow that the roe deer can't move. They just, they're, they're up to their necks in loose powdery snow. So my, my expectation, what I'm assuming happened is that most of the links in this area nagged, you know, nabbed a roe deer and, um, right. Just weren't moving off the kill. Yeah. No, that's interesting. It's a, we get that sometimes here just with big, big Tom lions, right? Cause they are big Toms here will hunt moose. Yeah. Uh, even more so than, uh, Cause we got to have a lot of moose country that's not deer country. And so they'll be traveling, looking for females. So inevitably they end up 
on a, killing a moose and, and you know, they'll kill a moose. And of course in moose country, they might kill two. Right. While they're sitting there, another one goes by, they kill another one. Right. So I've had it where they haven't left a, you know, whatever, a square kilometer, you know, in, I don't know, two months. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. Cause you've got moose and then you've got what other uh, deer do you have up there? Mule deer? We have a few white deer, mostly mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big mule deer country. Okay. You know, so we, you know, we get a, our big toms tend to travel quite a bit through moose country and they, they're pretty hard on the moose population. Um, Is that right? Hmm. Where the female, yeah, the females and the younger ones tend to hang around the more of the mule deer range, you know, so the toms come through there checking. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it's, it's definitely a different, uh, you know, it, it's pretty good country. It's just a matter of, you know, looking out the window, I look at these mountains that there's just no access to, you know. Right. My right. house, 3,000 within a couple miles, there's 9,000 foot peaks and it's, it's ugly. It's just the most roughest country you've ever seen and there's no access, no roads. There's one trail on the whole mountain range that goes up to, uh, to my, my cabin, which I hunt loose out of a deer early season. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that's it. No, no access all the way to the coast, 50 miles away. Wow. That's, so, uh, that's um, intense, man. That's, in, that's, uh, yeah. You're, you guys are out. Yeah, there. you try to stay out. Yeah, you just try to stay out of there for sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. No, it's it's definitely been a journey, you know, getting to where we are now. You know, figuring out what you like in dogs and how to get to that level of dogs. Yeah. That that makes you happy, right? Right. You yeah, know, that can take uh, of- that can take a long time. You know, we've got a kind of accepted rule here in the in the dog mushing community anyway that from when you decide that you're going to take this seriously to when you can expect to start being consistently at the top of some of these races. Yeah. If you do everything right, it, it's going to take you 10 years. Yeah. 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 I believe it. You know, I, think I got, I, you know, I got overly lucky, you know, overly lucky early, right. By, by stumbling into Zoe. Right. You know, um, and well, then, I mean, uh, at least you were able you knew enough of what you were doing to be able to see that you had something special there. You know, a lot of people would have uh, maybe not seen what they had. Yeah. And she was funny cause she was a squatty short legged walker. I mean, she didn't look so <laughs> any screaming out. She was, you know, it always amazed, you know, you get other houndsmen up here hunting with you from the States and they'd you say, I don't know how, how she does it, but she's the first across the road every time right in front of my fast dogs. And I said, it's just all heart. Right. She had so much heart. It was unbelievable. So, you know, a lot of my luck, you know, it's been lucky to, to stumble into those quality of dogs, even getting Jack, um, and, and Oscar, um, and being able to try them out, um, with, with Zoe to see what sort of, uh, litters she threw, you know, I mean, I was able to get the best of both worlds and, and then Treadster, same thing, you know, I mean, I bought Treadster and, Turns out the guy I bought it off of uh, Nick Riley had booked a lynx hunt with me that year, which I didn't even clue in. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then the you know, old Treadster he turned into uh, just a really, really solid dogs. I mean, putting puddings, you know, now uh, probably my best. Well, her, her and Tippy both have their some real strong traits, but I think puddings probably the best all around. Okay. 
female. That's why I always just bred the best of the best. I didn't really worry about anything else. Right. And kind of weeded out from there. I mean, some guys don't, it doesn't work out for them. They say they, they breed the best of the best and it doesn't work out. And, and I'm not sure if that's just a game of chance or the fact that maybe, you know, my dogs are, have a better success rate because they get so much work, right? Right. You I mean, know, and then they're all learning from such good dogs. And I, I don't, you know, when I dump the dogs, if I find a cougar track I want to run, I don't put one dog down. If I got two in the box, two goes. If I got 10 in the box, 10 go. Sure. And right. you get to see who's running for the front, right? And that was one thing I always noticed when I'm exercising the puppies. And they get to the point where they can start following the four-wheeler and I'd run them with the older dogs. Uh, the ones I, if I was just going to keep a few out of that litter, I kept the ones that wanted to be in the front. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Wanted, they wanted to compete for the front. Yeah. Because guys say, well, how, you know, how did you know I was going to be such a good hunter? And I said, well, you don't, but I just picked the ones that were most competitive. Right. You know, always wanted to be in the front of the pack. And um, those are the ones that I kept. But yeah. A lot of, a lot of the letters I would keep until they're a year old. Right. And yeah. then make my decision, which ones I was going to keep. Cause I wasn't going to keep the entire litter, but I was wanted to keep the two or three best out of that litter. Yeah. I, I understand that. I, I, I did that the last, the last 10 years of uh, running sled dogs. I did that. I'd keep them. Right. I'd keep the pups until they were a year old because I wanted to see, I, I wanted to have a little bit more information about them than I was able to get, you know, after eight weeks. You know, you've got clues at eight weeks, but you really don't know what they're going to turn yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that Oreo, I mean, right from day one, I said to, I told my wife, I said, that dog's going to be something special. No idea why, but I said, she's, and she always reminds me, you've always said that dog is going to be just something special. And man, she, she just flat out gets her done. It's unbelievable. That's so cool. Just the desire, the speed, the, you know she'll grind out a track. Yeah. You know, you can get out there and you can watch the dogs and they'll be grinding out a track and they'll make a loss. It'll be some bare ground somewhere and, and they'll be grinding out trying to find where that links went. And next thing you know, you know, I say, I bet you, she's got it. You hike over there and sure enough, she's found that track and she's off on it again. And that's, you fantastic. know, I mean, that's so cool. when you're, when you're comparing her to dogs that have been on 200 links, it's pretty remarkable, right? That's a remarkable animal. To get a dog. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's um, be interesting to see where we go here in the future. But I think we're going definitely... to have to uh, we're going to have to talk to you again here at some point. Kind of get the uh, get the update on. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. <clears throat> I'm not too sure. I mean, we actually got into a beta black bear in a den recently. I've been running links. We went right by the mouth of his den, and and um, she showed some interest in it. Mm -hmm. um, no, spider was right in its face you know and she was barking at it but she wasn't she was more concerned about where that lynx went okay she'd come back bark at it and then she'd go look for the lynx again but yeah it was kind of interesting <laughs> that's really cool well we are up at about an hour and a half here uh doug yeah right i really appreciate you sitting down with me and uh and no talking problem. it was really nice to uh really nice to nice to meet you and i appreciate what a good sport you were about doing this on really extremely short notice 
Uh, it's interesting, you know, learning what other people do with their dogs. And, and uh, you know, that's probably one of the funnest things I get is to be able to get guys coming out of the States and bring their dogs up. And yeah. even if they're not successful catching their own links, um, you know, I think we both learn something. Mm. The hunter with his dog learns, you know, watches my dogs and, and um, I get to see how they handle their dogs and learn something, whether it's positive or negative or whatever. You learn Absolutely. something every time. Absolutely. And you see how everybody else operates, right? Yeah. Just talking to you, it's interesting to see how Buzz is working out there and, and catching fox and something that I don't do here is really, you know, to me, that's really cool. And yeah, what absolutely. You guys are there in Norway, you know, hunting hunting moose with, with dogs is something that I've always wanted to do. You know, I see, see you guys do that over there. I think that's a, just a cool way to hunt moose. You know, it, it, it is a cool way to hunt moose. Well, if you ever feel like taking yeah. a trip to Norway, you know who to, uh, yeah, you know who I'll to be call. Looking, I'll be looking at awesome all right man great well, doug thank good. you so much all righty we'll care. talk again sounds good you bet bye-bye bye-bye man i love that sound <laughs>